Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. Uh, those of you coming in live to the chat room, thanks for showing up. Um, I'm going to apologize now because there's not been a lot of severe weather going on in our area so if it cuts out not really my fault um i apologize in advance so um yeah but so the world has been losing its collective mind over the last several days a lot of it because donald trump <gasps> how dare he be filing these lawsuits um, well, I hate to say it, but, you know, in 2000, Al Gore did a lot of the same crap, uh, wanting to push, uh, push to get recounts done and all this garbage. And he, he made it last for 37 days. It was the 37th day when he, when the uh, Supreme Court finally said, no, the state of Florida has done multiple recounts you have lost every recount you're done so i mean that's where that one stands but you know it is what it is and we'll have to make do with whatever happens with the all the donald trump stuff now in a stroke of craziness um apparently united states uh raided a server farm for one, the the companies that operates the uh, Dominion voting machines. Huh. I wasn't able to find a whole lot about that raid itself. Uh, Louis Gomert, the congressman from Texas, he was tweeting about earlier today. But like I said, so far, nothing has really come out news wise other than it happened. Um, But. What's interesting is there are some um, some really old news stories about this uh, company running these server farms. Dating back seven years. And a lot of these uh, or this this uh, facility has a lot of ties to George Soros. I know, I know. I, I put my tinfoil hat on here, and I uh, kind of stretching, but yeah, uh, is it Seidel? I believe was the name of it. 
I said, this is an article. My first looked at it, oh, this is really interesting. Then I saw the date. Now, this is a New American article from 2013. This is <sighs> Scuba Steve. Oh, no, you're a conspiracy theorist, man. You're putting all the crazy things together. Are you Alex Jones or something? Yeah, probably. Who knows? But a source-connected vote counting firm expands in U.S. Again, this is from the New American in 2013. Not something new. A Spanish vote tabulation firm with ties to billionaire globalist George Soros is purchasing software to give it greater power over the voting in U.S. elections. In a press release under a Barcelona and Tampa, Florida dateline, Seidel announced Seidel's end-to-end election modernization solution covers the full election cycle, pre-election, election day, and post-election, providing electoral bodies the most secure, transparent, auditable, and accessible solution in the marketplace and allows Seidel to offer personalized election modernization roadmaps to their customers, combining both traditional and online voting solutions as needed. Oh, well, that sounds all well and good. <laughs> oh, Steve says that Dominion is turning the friggin' frogs gay. Apparently, Dominion also has chemtrails. Who knew? <laughs> at least it's not the... Kim says at least it's not the Borg. <laughs> yes, we, we don't want to turn the Borg gay because... Um, that would be bad. They would assimilate us all. And who knows what else they would do in that assimilation. Think about it. Uh, in order to consolidate such beginning to end control, Seidel has purchased software from a trio of organizations within the gravitational pull of planet Soros. Again, from said press release, Seidel, the worldwide leader in secure online voting and election modernization, continues receiving electoral and industry expert recognition from its end-to-end -end election modernization technology and the electoral roadmap implementation approach from organizations such as IDC, OVUM, and ACEEEOEEEEIEIO. Old McDonald had a farm and things. <laughs> uh, let's see. Scuba Steve says the board canceled their invasion and assimilation plans, citing concerns over COVID-19 and possibly gay frogs. I added that part. That, the COVID-19, that's where Steve stopped. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I where did I find where did I find the Trekkies in my base? Not that there's anything wrong with it. You know, Trekkies are people too, sometimes. As long as they're not furries, we'll be good. I may have alienated like five people out of my audience by downplaying furries. I apologize. According to Benefit Cooperation with Ovum, Seidel writes, quote, We believe Seidel's wide variety of offerings, investment into certifications, and infamous <laughs> emphasis on security, auditing, and testing position the company, as a dominant provider in election modernization, says Nishant Shah, research analyst at Ovum and author of On the Radar, Seidel Report. Uh, Shah's biographical sketch on the Ovum website is worth reading alive as influence on the machines that count votes in American elections. Before joining Ovum, Nishant's work spanned organizational strategy, project management, sustainability, and business development. This includes facilitating large-scale public-private partnerships. 
Um, that's a phrase I'm not a fan of. Private public partnerships. Usually see a lot of this in uh, sit- situations where, oh, well, we're going to let you run your private business the way for now. But when we say stop making widgets and start making what's it, you're going to do it or else we're just going to come in and take control of your private entity. <laughs> Let's see, large-scale public-private partnerships in international health for Ambassador Richard Holbrook and his Global Business Coalition. That snippet contains several red flags. First, there is Shaw's facilitation of large-scale public-private partnerships, or PPPs. PPPs are just as scary as NGOs. Not all NGOs are bad. However, a lot of times NGOs can be used to Implement things that are not necessarily in another nation's best interests. A PPP is often defined as, quote, a contract between a public sector authority and private party in which the private party provides public service or project and assumes substantial financial, technical, or operational risk in the project, end quote. As part of the scheme, a private company is given control over some public function, typically provided by government. It is a tactic very much in vogue in internationalist circles and is considered an effective way to sneak the influence and the control of the UN in the back door. Now, we're starting to get a little crazy uh, uh, conspiracy stuff. When you, oh, it's a great way to sneak the UN in the back door. But again, it doesn't always go badly. I mean, right now, uh, through private public partnerships, you have the uh the operation warp speed which you know may have gotten a couple different covid vaccines on the market relatively fast and through public private partnerships private public partnerships whatever um you know that's how we got our war machine spun up and started converting plowshares into tanks because you know you had the plowshare manufacturers go, well, uh, right now we don't need to be making plows. We're going to make tank armor. Uh, Kim says, not according to Pfizer. Well, unfortunately for Pfizer, yeah, there's press releases prior to that that talks about them um, getting money from the federal government. So <sighs> Pfizer's not being 100% honest. Who would have thunk it? But I mean, you know, the private-public partnerships aren't necessarily all bad. There are times where the where they do come in handy, again, such as Operation Warp Speed and uh, you know World War II and all that Manhattan Project. But it there's times though, like you know. Uh, in Germany in the 1930s and 40s, there was some guy with a goofy mustache. He looked like, you know, had the Charlie Chaplin mustache where he was really fond of, well, you know, uh, the Dossler brothers. Uh, your your shoe plant is very nice. Um, However, you, you don't need to both be here making shoes. So, hey. You, Dossler brothers, you're going to go uh, fight in the war. 
And the other one's going to uh, no longer make shoes. You're going to make bazookas. Or Panzerfaust. Yeah, and that's that was a private-public partnership. Uh, look at the United States during the Great Depression under FDR with the Blue Eagle stamp. If you were willing to have the Blue Eagle stamp proudly displayed in your window, everyone knew you were participating in the National Reclamation Act. And if the federal government said, hey, you're, you no longer, we no longer need you making what's it, you're going to make who's it's, guess what you're doing is, since you signed on to have that blue stamp for the NRA, you're no longer making what's it's, you're making who's it's, because the government said so. Yep, some would call this kind of government dictation over what a privately owned business is going to do um, economic fascism. But we don't like to look at, you know, the possibility that we may have had fascists in our own government, Woodrow Wilson, FDR. In a sense, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, you know, people like all, all sorts of all sorts of progressive people who, oh, look, we have we the government needs to step in and tell you how to run your business. <laughs> Oh, pardon me. It's out in the woods doing uh, a look. I, you might call it deer hunting. I call it. Oh, look! There's a single deer has come out all day, and he's not even going to stop. And let me shoot at him, you son of a gun! But yeah. So now it's being out there, and the pollen count's been off the charts the last several days, and even with the rain we've had, ugh, my allergies are going a little crazy. I can't breathe. It's. So I apologize if you hear me snorting and snotting all in the microphone. I'm not doing it on purpose. But you have all that going on. And so now you have this uh, Seidel who's, you know, apparently their server farm has been raided by U.S. authorities in Germany. Uh, Kim says no Vince for me. Not yet. I'm going to go out in the morning and try it again. Hopefully, all these storms and crap get done run through and the deer actually want to move in the morning. But, you know, we'll see. It be what it be, yo. It be what it be. Um, so, it, it's crazy that if all these accusations about Dominion are true, where people have been able to log in and change votes from Trump to Biden or Biden to Trump, and if it's actually keystroked, that to where they can actually look and go, oh, here's where they voted. And at such such day, at such such time, this is when it was changed. Um, if that's the case, uh, I think some of these lawsuits really have a lot of a, a lot of uh love room to run because now it's like, ooh, this is legitimate evidence that this was going on. Now, I am fully prepared if Donald Trump goes through the the full courts, it makes all the way to the Supreme Court, and when it's all said and done, if Donald Trump is declared the loser and we have Joe Biden as the president-elect, I can live with this. I'm not happy about it, but I can live with it. Why? Because I'm an adult. But if it comes out and then Donald Trump is declared the winner because due to ridiculous voter fraud, 
I really worry about the state of our nation. It might be one of those, I might have to start packing when I go to work because you don't know when the crazy people are going to show up and you may have to defend yourself. And that's a scary thought. The fact and the fact that people are just, oh, Donald Trump is being a sore loser. Oh, just let it go. Well, where were you in 2000 when, again, Al Gore was doing the same thing to George W. Bush? Were you saying, I mean, maybe you were being being consistent and saying, Al, just let it go. You lost. Tough luck, Chuck. Or maybe you're on the other side of the aisle and, yeah, keep fighting, Al. You got this. We don't need no president select. Yeah, everyone's talking about how oh, uh, 2000 was different. I agree it was different. We were a slightly more peaceful people at the time. We didn't have eight years of, uh, you know, Keith Olbermann, you know, shouting, you're a fascist, Mr. President. You're a fascist. You should wear a T-shirt that says I'm a fascist. Which my Keith Olbermann sounds a lot like. um. Alex Jones, kind of crazy. But then again, Keith Olbermann is just as guilty of crazy conspiracy theories as Alex Jones. And we've never seen them in the same room. Is Keith Olbermann really Alex Jones? The world will never know. <laughs> and we, there's just been so much. And I agree. Uh, we've had people on the right spreading hate and discontent. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying the, the what they call the alt-right. Who's not really right? They're left. It's just they believe um, in leftist ideas, plus black people and Jews are bad. That's who the alt-right is. They are an alternate to the right, which the alternate to the right is the left. I mean, all right, there's an alternate right hand. Oh, there it is over there. It's the left one. Eh, go figure. Crazy. And, and then you had the Democrats who, you know, Bar Barack Obama referring to the Tea Party as a bunch of tea baggers, which I'm sure a lot of those tea baggers, if you got Barack Obama knocked down, they would gladly teabag him and assert their dominance. Sometimes what you think is an insult is not necessarily really an insult. But that all being said, it's just been going on. It's been per getting perpetuated. You know, you know, Auntie Maxine, you know, you see these members of the administration at a gasoline station or a restaurant, you get in their faces. Uh, Eric Holder, you know, he his uh, kick them when kick them when they're down and all of that. I mean. It has not gone well. The The division and the seeds of chaos have been planted. So I'm really worried that, you know, if the election as it stands is overturned, it's going to lead to some real chaos. And, you know, and as a person on the right, I don't want to see the chaos. I, I want it to be peaceful. 
I pray for peace on this country. But it's absolutely not so what we're going through. And on top of it, you know, some of the craziest of all of the things that have been going on was the uh, the way the right kind of really had its own Never Trump movement. And if you ask the people at, say, the Lincoln Project, you know, what was your effect? Oh, well, we caused Donald Trump to lose. Well, not so fast, Sparky. There's a little article here. Data obtained by the Daily Poster show that Lincoln Project ads were often ineffective, and some may have even convinced some voters to support Donald Trump. Oh. Uh, Republican operatives and their allies now frantically seeking credibility in the post-Donald Trump world have spent the week criticizing Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and suggesting that their television ads were responsible for defeating the president in the election. One conservative, one conservative pundit even attacked the Daily Poster and asserted that so-called never-Trump Republicans delivered Trump's defeat, even though Trump won more GOP voters in 2020 than in 2016. It's a fun clickbait fairy tale designed to marginalize progressives and make sure nothing fundamentally changes. But there's a big problem with the narrative. Ad test data reviewed by Daily Poster showed that many of the never-Trump Republican group ads were ineffective, and a few of them stood out as particularly persuasive compared to spots from other groups that aren't being cast in the media as a decisive force in the election. In fact, data suggests the GOP group's messages may have inadvertently boosted support for Trump, making it harder for Democrats to win the presidential election. Uh, GOP operatives at the Lincoln Project, which, why are you calling them GOP operatives? These people have abandoned the GOP. I know, I know, I know what they're saying. Uh, we didn't leave the GOP. The GOP left. Yeah. Um, no. You see, conservatives left you behind because you guys at the Lincoln Project are a bunch of progressive technocrats who just have an R behind your name as opposed to a D. And it's incredibly easy to tell because so many at the Lincoln Project have been around for forever. And these are the same people who say, what? You want to pull troops out of Afghanistan? You're evil. Do you just want the Afghans to die? Uh, Frankly, I don't care. Uh, in fact, enough Afghans have tried to kill me. I really don't give a rat's hairy ass if they end up killing each other in massive bloody civil war or not. And that's not to say that all Afghans are bad. I just don't care. They burned up my carry years ago when they were shooting at me and trying to blow my ass up. So, uh... GOP operatives at the Lincoln Project and Republican voters against Trump raised at least $77 million this election cycle, much of it from cable news watching liberals for anti-Trump television ads, YouTube videos, and expensive stunts like billboards in Times Square and outside Mar-a-Lago. Wow, if you donate money to these nuts, yeah, 
<laughs> you talk about a negative ROI. Uh, during the election, online panels of viewers using Civis Analytics platform judged as by candidates and prominent third-party groups on a month-by-month basis. That data, combined by Open Labs, was shared widely among Democratic-aligned third-party groups to evaluate the effectiveness, the effectiveness of the spots. A detailed comparison of the test ads show that spots from the Lincoln Project and Arvat were often outperformed by spots from Vice President Joe Biden's campaign, as well as other Democratic-aligned groups. Yeah, because they're <laughs> uh, people on the right who you know support Donald Trump and say what you want about populism. <gasps> yeah, populism is bad. The people don't know what they want. Unfortunately, the people actually do know what they want. They look at Donald Trump and they go, okay, the guy is crass. The, do- the guy, he, he needs to stay off Twitter. But by God, he got me a tax return. I didn't pay as much in tax, or he got me a tax cut. Yes, it's not a huge tax cut, but I'm making more at the end of the week because the government's taking less of my hard-earned money. That's cool. We, mo- a lot of everyday Republicans, we're sick of seeing, uh, seeing war broadcast on tv so oh wait donald trump is working to try to bring troops home he hasn't started any new wars he didn't win a nobel peace prize and then immediately go and have a drone kill a u.s citizen and his son because you know in an extrajudicial death sentence for (gasps) he's a terrorist I mean, it'd be one thing if it was a field of open battle and the dude got popped and his kid got popped because they were fighting U.S. service members. That's one thing. Bombing the crap out of them with a drone is something completely different. And, you know, he was deprived of his due process rights. But I digress. One of the weakest testing Lincoln Project ads was a media-touted spot that accused Trump of being too soft on China. An ad that envisioned Trump's Mexico border wall lined with coffins of coronavirus victims performed worse than all but four Democratic ads tested in August out of 107. So that means it came in 107th. Holy crap. In the documents review of 65 Democratic-aligned ads on on air as of Election Day, the Lincoln Project's two test ads ranked 52nd and 53rd were persuading voters to support Biden. And this goes on and on and on. So Lincoln Project is a, a group that has so lost their damn minds about Donald Trump that they actually got twit mode because they took the contact information for two attorneys involved in the uh, Pennsylvania uh, litigation and put that on Twitter and said, make them famous. Their office numbers, their work email, because that's what? What's that supposed to do other than, you know, Ah, how dare you be doing all this for Donald Trump? And like I said, they 
they actually got twit mode over it and mm, pardon me and i'm not a fan of just going out and reporting things because i think it's dumb i try to always save it for the super egregious but i'm glad i jumped on that bandwagon because holy crap these people have lost their damn minds it's like the president has every legal right to contest what he thinks is wrong i mean if he thought he was getting screwed out of winning New Hampshire, guess what? He'd probably be filing uh, claims to win New Hampshire, even though it's only worth, what, three electoral votes? <clears throat> Pardon me. I mean, you're, you're targeting people that are just doing their damn jobs. It's absolutely insane. And the Lincoln Project acts like it's all hunky-dory. It's like, no, bruh, you'd be throwing a fit if people were um, putting the contact information for your attorneys out there that way. And you know, make him famous. Go ahead. Go on a massive email campaign, a phone calling campaign. Blow up their, their all their contact resources so they can't do their jobs. They would be they would be pissed of if that happened to their attorneys. So the the Joe Walsh's of the world, the uh, the Bill was it Bill Crystals of the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, dudes. No one wants you around anymore. So suck it, nerds, and fade out of existence because no one wants to go enjoy your retirement. Joe Walsh, I think there's a hippie concert get together somewhere. You you can go play some James Gang, a little Funk Forty Nine, but. And Bill Crystal, go do whatever it is you did beforehand. Be annoying, whatever it was. Enjoy your retirements. No one wants you around. I will be right back after this. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar how about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners tired of a whole regimen of pre-workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars built boost energy drink mixes and built go energy gels built bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only four to five net carbs for you keto dieters six flavors of built boost energy drink mix and three flavors of built go energy gel built bars are made in america using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate go to builtbar.com and use the promo code relentless to save 10 percent and let them know you heard about them from relentless daring
All right, getting back into it. Um, so one of the stories that I happened to find while doing all my show prep, uh, this is one of those that really pisses people off because deep state, deep state, deep state. Oh, there's no set, there's no deep state. There's no one working in the bureaucracy who would want to undermine the president. Really? We've seen this for the last four freaking years. You're going to say it doesn't exist. Well, I have a, a wonderful story considering concerning trying to get us out of foreign entanglements. Uh, for listeners who are more on the libertarian-leaning uh, persuasion, that's a huge thing. And as a conservative who's been to war and is ready for us to be done with Afghanistan, done with Iraq, done with Syria, <clears throat> pardon me, this story just absolutely got under my skin like you would not believe. Headline, Anti-Trump Syria Envoy now admits successors should follow Trump foreign policy. Huh. A formerly never-Trump Syria envoy who admitted to lying to the president about the number of American troops in Syria now insists his successors should follow the approach in the Middle East. Huh. That's weird. Trump's administration, he said, has looked at the Middle East through a geostrategic lens and kept its focus on Iran, Russia, and China while keeping the metastic disease of Islamist terror in check, the former envoy noted. The individual in question, Jim Jeffrey, a career ambassador of the George W. Bush and Barack Obama administrations, revealed his routine deception to President Trump and his advisors in an exit interview with Defense One. Uh, the piece, outgoing Syria envoy, admits hiding U.S. troop numbers, praises Trump's Mideast record, reveals that Jeffrey would play shell games to, make, to not make clear to our leadership how many troops we had there, referencing Syria. He acknowledged that his team routinely misled senior leaders about troop levels in Syria. We're always playing shell games to not make clear our leadership how many troops we had there. The actual number of troops in northeast Syria is a lot more than the roughly 200 troops Trump initially agreed to leave, leave there in 2019. Despite President's efforts to withdraw troops from Syria, Jeffrey insisted there was never a Syria withdrawal. And I would be willing to believe that because um, obviously there are certain things that you don't want to make public. Um, I remember being in Afghanistan when I made a USA Today uh, news story on you know front page. Not because of anything I did. I was just stock footage, but hey, I was there. But it was about Barack Obama announcing troop withdrawals from Afghaniland. Yeah, let's broadcast to our enemies what the hell we're doing. That seems like a brilliant idea. Uh, when the situation in northeast Syria had been fairly stable after we defeated ISIS, Trump was inclined to pull out. In each case, we then decided to come up with five better arguments for why we need to stay. And we succeeded both times. That's the story. However, he insists that the incoming Biden administration stick with Trump's foreign policy in the Middle East. Trump's modest and transactional approach to the Middle East has yielded a more stable region than either of his predecessors' more transformational policies. Huh. Not trying to build nations. That seems like a 
brilliant idea. Uh, Jeffrey believes Trump has achieved a kind of political and military stalemate in a number of different cold and hot conflicts, producing a situation that is eh, is about the best any administration could hope for in such a messy, volatile region, he continued. And that's just crazy. We have an ambassador, an envoy, who is going out of his way to lie to the administration to achieve policy goals that the state department has i mean I, I last time i checked the secretary of state reports to one person the president of the united states of america and the president of the united states is saying hey state department we're gonna pull these troops because we're done fighting there why in god's name are envoys lying to Department of Defense officials, lying to State Department officials, lying to the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief himself, about freaking troop levels. <clears throat> oh, uh, well, Mr. President, we all only have this many troops there. Uh, Mr. President, uh, we uh, we can withdraw all these because, you know, they'll clear out the area and then only... Re- withdraw like half of what you said you're going to it, it, it's mind-boggling oh but there's no deep there's no deep state that's uh it's affecting uh how we do business and foreign policy and domestic policy that that would never happen that's insane my you have people admitting to it just like you have people talking about <clears throat> pardon me talking about you know blacklisting you know, conservatives and Trump supporters like, wait, what? I want to get to that in just a second, but that's one one Donald Trump's big fights is that he was going to end the endless wars. Well, apparently there is no place to end endless wars in America because. Frankly, military contractors are too damn powerful. We have members of the State Department who would rather build nations than go in, wreck shop, safe. All right, we took out your problem, children. Fix it and then leave. And granted, I, I understand a lot of that comes from what happened with the Weimar Republic after World War One. You know, when we went in and you know, bailed out Europe and defeated uh, Kaiser Wilhelm and absolutely humiliated them by forcing forcing the German leadership to sign a a surrender in a boxcar. And then just, well, deuces, figure it out. Which, you know, that led to, you know, the rest of Europe going, uh, yo, Germany, you cost us a crap ton of money. Pay us. Oh, they, they paid it. They paid it. All right. With a bunch of money, they just went and ran off the printing press and tanked their economy in the process and, you know, gave rise to that Adolf guy. You know, the, the one, the Charlie Chaplin mustache I was talking about earlier, the guy who, you know, 
took took control of the uh, factory that the guys who go on to found, you know, Adidas shoes and Puma shoes, you know, that they ran together. It's absolutely nuts that, you know, that we would still, oh, well, well, we kind of screwed the pooch on that one. So we're going to, uh, we're going to make sure we don't do it again. And so we're going to stick around for 20 years building a nation in our image. Like we are geopolitical God. God created man in his image. So now we're going into, you know, these countries that they don't know democracy. They don't know constitutional republics. And we're going to say, you're going to build it just like us. That's being as conceited as saying that human beings can stop global warming just by doing all these, all these great things. No, we cannot build countries from nothing when they don't understand the principles that they're founding this country on. We can't just, we just can't stop global warming because Oh, I think we can stop global warming. Oh, oh. <laughs> it, it it's all a bunch of asinine, progressive, technocratic pipe dreams. But hey, at least we know the Trump supporters, the people who were nominated by the president, appointed to positions by the president, large donors to the president, probably voices like mine. Voices like anyone on the right that you listen to, people in the middle who go, you know, Donald Trump wasn't so bad. We're all going to be put on blacklist. Yay! I will make sure I text out and tweet out my gulag prison number when that comes around because you know, <clears throat> there are crazy people on the left who are already celebrating the idea of rounding up the Trump supporters. Because there's nothing you can do with them. It's insane. Even going back to the Lincoln Project, you have people from the Lincoln Project who agree with rounding us up. Holy hell. I mean, what good is that going to do? I mean, have people not looked in the history book? Have we, I mean... uh, there's some crazy commies who they go, hey, you know what worked out really well during the uh, Bolshevik Revolution? Those Mensheviks were way too crazy, so we rounded them up and we killed them right next to the Romanovs. Oh my God, this is what they want. Now, granted, the question is, do they have the stomach to be able to handle what would happen with some of these people when you try to round them up. Sure, there, there's a lot of people, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight it. Bring it. No, my question to you is, do you have the stomach to do what you have to do in order to stop your family and your friends and yourself from being rounded up? <coughs> Kim says that she's not going to have a number. I probably won't have a number either. And as opposed to some of these people who think 
they have the stomach to round us up. I know I have the stomach to do what's necessary to not get rounded up. I've been there. I've done that. I'm not scared to do it again. Again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. I pray desperately for peace because I don't want to see bloodshed in the streets where people are going, uh, you're not taking me to your damn camp. Hey, you're not going to stand out here and harass me because, you know, I have a different political opinion. You're not going to ship. You're not going to, you know, kick me out of my place of business because you didn't like who I supported. I do not want to see bloodshed from people, you know, doing their best to put down that kind of insanity. I don't. Unfortunately, there are some real crazy people who are making it sound like we may not have a choice. I hope to God that we do have a choice of being able to peacefully avoid such things. You know, be Americans and go, you know what, Bob? I know you voted for Donald Trump. I know we have some differences on how we think things should be run. But you know what? You're a good, you're a good and decent person. Unfortunately, there are so many people, <clears throat> pardon me, who feel that being a good and decent person, the minute you vote for someone that goes out of your heterodoxy, you know, well, you know, Jeremy's a good person, but he voted for that Biden a-hole. Look at him. He's, Jeremy's a piece of crap. Ooh, easy. Or, yeah, you know, really, they do it towards, you know, Trump. You're a Trump supporter. You're a racist. You have no, you have no business in our society, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Kim says they don't look at us as Americans. They think of us as enemies. And <clears throat> unfortunately, that is that's the truth. We're not their brothers. We're not their sisters. We're not their neighbors. We're not the person who brought your mom groceries in the middle of winter because she couldn't get out. And, you know, with, and she was scared she's going to get hurt. They don't see us as that anymore. Which is incredibly depressing. You know, my my sisters, God bless them. I love them to death. I have one. I She's a liberal. Period. End of story. We don't agree on a lot. But, you know, we can at least have a conversation. We can, we can say, hey, you know, I have these ideas for how, you know, the government should handle XYZ problems. Mine are more market-based solutions. Her are more, well, the market base is good, but we need to have some government safety net in there. That's you know, that's a normal conversation. They have another sister. She is full-fledged progressive, left-wing ideologue. And there is no, absolutely no discussion of anything. We I don't even think I could tell her have a nice day without, you know, somehow offending her and with some sort of microaggression and trigger. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, 
How do we grow up in the same house, the same parents? I mean, I, I know what the difference is. You know, I graduated high school. I went to war. They graduated high school. They went to college. You know, why would you pay so pay an institution so much money to end up so dumb? I, I don't understand it, but... Ah, such as life, c'est la vie, and all those other things. Again, be good to each other. Uh, I'm wearing my new shirt that I just started selling on the website. It's a nice, wonderful, uh, somewhat tattered American flag. And over the field, it says left, right, and then below that, have to look and read it. We are still Americans. United, we still stand. That is what I think we need to be right now. It doesn't matter. Are you a left-wing kook? Are you a right-wing anti-government crazy person? It shouldn't matter. Because we are Americans. We may have different visions for what America is and what America should be. But at the end of the day, we still call this land our home. And we need to show some sort of real unity. Not that unity of, hey, I know I've been bashing you for who you voted for for four years. But, you know, hey. It's over because he's leaving the office and I'm just going to rub your nose in it every time I see you. That's not the unity we need. We need the unity like in Rwanda when if a person who committed one of the war crimes went to the family of you know the people that he killed and he raped and he destroyed absolutely destroyed and he said this is where the bodies are buried and I am so sorry that I got caught up in all the rhetoric and the stupid and I got involved in all this violence against you and I beg your forgiveness and if that person was forgiven if the family members of those victims said, I forgive you, I believe that you are coming with a complete, full, and contrite heart. Literally, the person was wholly, wholly restored. They were freed from prison. They did not have a death penalty hanging over their head. That is what this country needs. We need to look and go, you know what? I was a total asshole for the last four years. I didn't agree with you. And I acted like a total fool over it. And that we need to find forgiveness on our side. Just like they need to realize, you know, they just have different opinions and they're not evil. And I want us I want us to be able to do that. I want us to move on. 
that's the only way this country can really find healing is not in the, you know, the vociferous, my side good, your side bad. But in actually looking for those things that we do have in common, that humanity that that unites us. All right, well, I got a little deep there at the end of the show. Again, for those of you in the live chat, I said some things that you know, some of you probably don't agree with, but that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Scuba Steve, again, he says, I have to disagree, but forgiveness and contrition only work if both sides are willing to accept fault. Like I said, I've said some things that even the listeners of this show are going to go, I don't agree with you. But hey, you're free to state your opinion, homie. And, you know, because that's what we do. We have conversations we say things that we don't agree with. We don't agree with each other, but, you know, hey, you're entitled to think what you think. Again, thank you so much for tuning in as you do every week or listening to it on demand on the five bajillion places that you can listen to it on demand, whether it be at relentlessdaring.com slash podcast, whether it be Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on and on ad infinitum. Thank you so much. Uh, listening to this on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, there's the four things I ask you every week. Number one, be sure to leave that five-star review. It helps more people find the show. Number two, Write a nice review. Say some nice words. That way when it pops up, hey, you might enjoy this. People go and they look and go, oh, 13 out of 14 people really like this show. And then there's that one guy. There's always that one guy. Then number three, subscribe. Number three, subscribe. You'll get that. You'll get uh, updated every week when the show posts. And finally, share it. Send it to someone who you think will enjoy the show. Send it to someone who you think will hate the show. I don't care. It's up to you. Um, also, be sure to go to relentlessdaring.com at the top of the page. If you should so choose to donate to the show, you will see a link at the top of the page. Click on that and you, you can donate through PayPal. Everything you donate to the show, again, it goes into the show. I'm not taking any sort of real paycheck for doing this. So all the donations are appreciated. Also, check out the merch shop. There's hats, hoodies, T-shirts, coffee mugs. Check it out. Um, again, commissions from all that come back into the show. They buy nice things to make this a better listening experience for you, or as I fight and fight with YouTube and rumble. I'm not on rumble yet. Don't get all excited. Diane. I know you're excited for me to be on rumble. Not quite there yet. Still, still a few issues there, but working on it, but you know, try and get some video, you know, better than just the, uh, the camera on my computer that's filming this right now. Again, all this, I do it for you. 
I one day hope to do it for me as well, but you know, got to grow the show and who helps grow the show? You, the listeners. So again, thank you so very much. <laughs> Kim said, I need an action figure. Yeah, you can get your, your bourbon soused. Yeah. Relentless daring host at relentless slash merch. Where he swigs real bourbon. Check it out. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.